This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Welcome to Obsessed Podcast with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. We are recording live at Convergence in Minneapolis. Not sort of metaphorical Minneapolis like before, actual physical Minneapolis. The convention has moved. Uh, We have a great podcast. Obviously, we're doing it live, as listeners can tell from the little bit of it action and the wooing, and we are going to get right into it. Our uh, topic today is role-playing. We're going to talk just briefly about being obsessed with role-playing, but then I think the best way to demonstrate being obsessed with role-playing is to do some role-playing, so that's what we're going to do. But first, here are our guests. She's a musician, a fire dancer, a Pokemon Go expert, and one half of the double clicks, it's Aubrey Turner! I'm so happy you're here. It's wonderful. I'm happy to be here. Yay! (laughs) Next up, they are a musician, a crowdfunding expert, very good at petting cats, and the other half of the double clicks, it's Laser M. Weber. Hello. It is I. I am here. (laughs) And finally, a returning guest, not only to Obsessed, but a returning guest to Live at Convergence Obsessed. He does the panel every year, whether or not he's obsessed with the topic. He's a writer, a comedian, a producer, and one of the original founders of this convention. It's Tim Wick. Right. I'm glad, I'm glad that you just waited to have me as a guest So when you're in my, my city. That makes it a lot easier on me, so thank you very much. <laughs> Anytime you want to come to Los Angeles, I will immediately record with you as long as you are wearing the Porg onesie that you are wearing right now. <laughs> it's so good. I think, I think I'm okay with that. I'll, I can do that. We've struck a deal. Uh, all right, so I want to ask uh, quickly about role-playing games. Um, for each of you, when did they first come into your life? Aubrey, what is your first memory of a, a role-playing game experience? I think I was at marching band camp, <laughs> which I was only in marching band for about five days. and then, uh, But I did sneak into camp, and they were running, uh, running a specific RPG that was not Dungeons & Dragons, but I do not remember the name. It was. It seemed very fun, and then I uh, I waited a while until I played D and D again. Okay. Yeah. What made you actually play D and D? Was it memories of sneaking away from marching band? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was the friends I made when I moved to Portland, Oregon, because there were a lot of people there. Uh, a lot of them were uh, classmates with Laser at college, and then uh, of course my husband Justin. Also is obsessed. Okay. <laughs> with Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, so it's a major factor in your life right now. Yes. Okay. We have a weekly game. A weekly game. All right. So you know what you're doing. Laser. Uh, yes. What what uh, kind of activity did you wander away from when you discovered? Uh, well, as with many things that I got very into, I remember hearing about role playing games from my older sister. <laughs> she was like, oh, "We did. We played this," and she told the same story over and over again. I think they were playing. There was like Wonder Woman involved or something. Yes, that's true. I was just like, and they played this role playing game. It's so cool. And like, 
uh, with a lot of things Aubrey did, including marching band. She quit, but I kept going forever. Uh, <laughs> eventually rising to the status of both a uh, 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 drum major of the marching band and person who played Dungeons and Dragons in the hallways of school after it was closed. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds badass. <laughs> oh, oh, it was the coolest thing ever, Joseph. <laughs> oh, Joseph, I'm extremely cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we played third edition in the hallways, and then um, in college, I, I just I just kept on playing, um, and then eventually actually played fun games <laughs> uh, uh, after after that, and now I run a game, and I'm in a game, and it's it's just the best ever. Yay, excellent. And Tim, yeah. I honestly don't even know your relationship to role-playing games, so tell me about when you first encountered them, if you did. I did. Uh, <laughs> my, first, my first encounter with role-playing games was in what would have been junior high school. I was in uh, the open school in St. Paul, Minnesota, where, where the whole idea was that kids could like sign up for whatever classes they wanted, and they could take free time when they wanted, and you could do just whatever we wanted to do to, to learn. And a friend of mine introduced me in open school during one of those free times that I called math class. Um, <laughs> they so <inter> badass. <laughs> they introduced me to a game called Dungeons & Dragons. I want to make it really clear right now. I said Dungeons & Dragons, not advanced Dungeons & Dragons, <laughs> because that wasn't out yet. <laughs> so... So they, they, they introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, it was a lot more interesting than math class. Nice, so, nice. And, and I was in an open school, so I could pretend I was learning, because there were dice. Yeah, well, you were doing math, right? Yeah. You had to. Yeah. yeah. Adding up sixes, or, <laughs> you know, going, oh, that's not an 18, and then rolling again. <laughs> <laughs> so you were learning to recognize numbers. Yes. For, like, Sesame Street-level math. Exactly. <laughs> nice. And how does it factor into your life now? Well, uh, you see, I actually did, I role-played a lot. I played Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Paranoia, Traveler, Champions. There was a Doctor Who role-playing game yeah. that I played. A Star Wars role-playing game. I, I role-played a lot. And then I had kids. <laughs> and uh, my oldest is 19, and the last time I role-played was just over 19 years ago. So, <laughs> okay. Do you have a desire to get back to it? Yeah, I would love to. I actually want to start playing with my kids. My kids have started getting into role-playing, and I think that that's really cool because, I mean, it's not. <laughs> but it is to me, and I, I would like to get into role-playing with them. Again, that would be fun. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I want to ask each of you, what is the most exciting or stupid or thrilling thing you've ever done in a role-playing game? <laughs> <laughs> Laser? Uh, well, I guess it's kind of... Was it? So um, I play Fiasco a lot. I have a podcast about Fiasco, and we bring it around to different uh, conventions and stuff. And we got to play with um, Jim Butcher, uh, who's an author, um, and he, we, we played like, we barely spoke to him at all, um, and then immediately we got into the game, and he was like the most into it I've ever seen <laughs> a human. And that game was also very fun because we were at a zoo, and I believe he was painting all of the animals to look like panda bears. <laughs> um, and so there were like alligators that were painted black and white, and all of these different animals, and um, I believe I was trying to get everybody high on. Um, I'm fried dough. Uh, it was very stupid, and I liked it a great deal. <laughs> nice. Aubrey, do you have one? Uh, I think when I was 
I was playing Shadowrun. At one point, my character got so good with a whip that I rolled like 20 plus D6s and I killed a dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would accept that as a thrilling thing to whip a dragon in one strike. Tim, have you ever whipped a dragon? <laughs> What's the age limit on this? I, <laughs> are you meaning in the Great British baking show sense or uh, some other way? <laughs> I, is that a euphemism on top of a euphemism? Uh, what is, what's the most thrilling thing you've done in a role-playing game? <laughs> Okay, no, a tabletop um, role-playing game. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Uh, I, I was actually GMing it. This, this, I, I would know. This was a, as a player. Uh, I was playing a dark elf, and I was playing chaotic neutral because everybody has the has the alignment that they like to play, and I like to play chaotic neutral because I felt like that justified doing literally anything. Correct. Um, and uh, we were in a situation where a sleep spell had been cast on our party, and we were attacked. And my character was a magic user, and when we were attacked, of course, I woke up. And so immediately, and they'd also cast darkness upon us, so we couldn't see what was going on. <laughs> so my immediate response, which I felt was in character, was to determine which direction from which the attack came, and then shoot a fireball that direction. Where the rest of my party, who had been woken before me, was already engaged in combat. <laughs> Whereby roasting a significant number of my party, but because I was very powerful, it pretty much destroyed the enemy. We then engaged in a one-hour argument as to why that was completely in character for me and why they should shut up. <laughs> Classic role-playing. Uh, one last uh, obsessed question, and then we'll get into the game. If you could roll a d20 in real life to determine a real-life thing, like uh, how bad is the traffic going to be today, that kind of thing, what would you want to roll to determine? Does that make sense? Oh, what do you roll for? Hmm. I would say I would roll for, like, motivation. Okay. Uh, like, uh, we actually have this in a song, like, I roll initiative when I woke up today. You know, just, like, see... Because I feel like, statistically, uh, I would be more motivated if <laughs> I rolled a d20. Because <laughs> at least, like, half the time, I'd probably get up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it would be nice to roll a one and just go, not my fault, I'm staying in bed. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's very nice. It's just passing the buck. It's, uh, it's the good thing about God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Aubrey or Tim? I, uh, I'm a diabetic, so if I could roll a D20 to determine my blood sugar, Ooh. honestly, that's better odds than I have most of the time. <laughs> that is a, a, a hopeful and touching answer. <laughs> Aubrey? I would love to assign food groups to the D20 because choosing what to eat is very hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if I could just roll it and not have to make a decision, that yeah. would be We have a friend who does that. Molly brings two D20s to restaurants and will, like, assign numbers to the items and we'll, we'll see her roll a D20 onto the table. Molly Lewis yeah. is just endless brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> she is a what-if question in real life. <laughs> uh, one last question for you, Aubrey. Uh, if you did assign foods, what would be the 20? What would be the, ooh? Ooh, oh. Uh, probably sushi. Sushi. Yeah. Nice. Mm, natural 20 sushi. Yeah. I'm opening that restaurant. All right. 
we are going to get into our game now that we have a sense of who you are and your relationship with Obsession. This is a weird little game that I made up. Uh, the overall game is called Wizards and Whatever. This particular adventure is called Putting Things in Places. <laughs> you each have a character sheet. If you can now uh, turn them over. And uh, if you uh, could each read... here. <laughs> <laughs> if you could each read your name and your description, starting with uh, Aubrey. Excellent. My name is Sparkclaws, the fire dinosaur. Sparkclaws is a human-sized T-Rex who loves fire. She's also a mutant with the uncanny ability to create fireballs by scratching her claws together. Sparkclaws comes from a dangerous war world where people don't always talk things through before fighting. Sparkclaws likes to be a good communicator, but she doesn't have a big vocabulary, so she mostly shouts things like, Fire! Roar! And, You have a nice smile! (laughs) Also, she can kill and eat people because she is a (laughs) T-Rex. Round of applause for Sparkclaws. And Laser. Floofy Pants the Wise, Cat Wizard. Floofy Pants is a brilliant wizard who accidentally turned themselves into a human-sized cat and discovered, hey, this is pretty neat, (laughs) and decided to stay that way. They still possess an amazing intellect and mastery of spellcasting, but it is sometimes but are sometimes just they still possess an amazing intellect and mastery of spellcasting, but are sometimes too distracted by their sudden desire to sit in empty boxes and take a nap. (laughs) The smaller the box, the better. Correct. Floofy pants can conjure almost any item they can imagine, and they often imagine small boxes to sit in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Round of applause for Floofy pants. And Tim. I am Dave Johnson, human bus driver. (laughs) Dave Johnson is a human from Earth who drives a metro bus in the twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. He's very good at it. (laughs) He feels all of life's mysteries can be explained through metaphors about mass transit. (laughs) He's always excited for adventures because it means a new story to tell. He's not a warrior and really has no fighting ability whatsoever. He has a bad back and carries a taser that he has never used. (laughs) He also enjoys singing in the shower. Dave fears death, as we all do. (laughs) A round of applause for Dave. All right. As our adventure begins, you're all going about your normal daily lives. Suddenly you feel an odd sensation, and you are flying through a vortex of space and time. You can see your whole lives float past you, including all of the books on your bedside table you haven't read yet. It's very stressful. (laughs) Then with a loud pop, you appear in a small dungeon. The only light is from four burning torches on the wall. There's a table in the middle of the room with some odd holes in it. There are four doors, one on each wall. Also, there's a small, friendly-looking goblin chained to the wall. Before you can take in your surroundings anymore, there's another loud pop and a figure appears. It is a shimmering, ghostly knight in shining armor. Hello, I am the ghost knight. Before I was a ghost, I was just a knight. (laughs) 
that's how that works. <laughs> anyway, I died in this tiny room trying to complete a quest. The only way I can be free is if you complete the ritual. So please do that in the next 35 minutes, or all of you will die and join me forever in haunting this dumb room. Okay, bye. <laughs> and with that, you look at one another. What now? Oh, hey there. I'm Fluffy Pants, and we're you. Yeah, my name's Dave. Oh, hi, Dave. Yeah, this, uh, this reminds me of that bus stop on uh, the corner of 5th and uh, 75th, where uh, they, don't, they don't have that many lights in the middle of the night, you know. That's not a very interesting story, Dave. <laughs> How are you? You're, you're scary. Fire! Okay. Uh, can, I, uh, can I see if uh, I look around the room, uh, especially noting if there are any boxes? Yeah, uh, there are no boxes. Uh, there's the table with uh, three odd holes in it and uh, a friendly-looking goblin chained to the wall. And there are doors? And four doors, yes. What do they look like, just uh, doors? Uh, they each have a different marking on them. Would you like to know what they are? Yeah, does okay. any of a, bo- a box? <laughs> there are no boxes. Uh. Uh, one door has a music note on it. Uh, one has a little drawing of fire on it. Ooh. One has an emoji of a little shocked face. And the last door has the words, don't come in here, I mean it, seriously, just don't. Did the, uh, did the goblin need a ride anywhere? Uh, are, you, are you saying this to the, did you say that actual line to the e- goblins? Excuse me, Please. sir. Excuse me, mister, uh, I'm sorry, what was your name? I, 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 you haven't spoken to me yet, and uh, it's not uh, on my body anywhere, so, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you want to know my name? Is that what you're asking? Well, I, I, that's what I passively, ing- passive-aggressively implied. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we get a lot of humans coming through here. Uh, I'm familiar with passive aggression. Good. good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Anyway. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, my name is Help Goblin. Oh, hello, Help Goblin. Uh, can I? Can I? I'd like to. Do you need a ride? Can I help you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm chained to the wall in this haunted room. I, I'm only here to give you clues. Uh, so, oh. I mean, a, a bus ride would be nice, but first, you know, I'd have to be freed by you solving the puzzle of could, this terrible place. Could you give me a clue on how to free you? Uh, so I could give you a ride. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually just said it out loud. What you need to do is, is solve the, the puzzle and then I'll be free. So, I mean, I guess that's a kind of clue to just tell you what you actually need to do. Uh, Okay, then. Have a nice day. (laughs) There will be another bus along in five minutes. I'm concerned that you don't know where you are. I'd like to uh, look at the table, please. Okay, Uh, you look a little bit more closely at the table, and it's a nice big old wooden table, but there are just like uh, kind of spherical holes that look like maybe something would rest in there. Three, they go all the way through the table, or they just... No, they go like halfway through the table, yeah. So less holes, then, more like indentations. Indentations. How big are they? Uh, They are about the size of of two normal human hands, sort of cupping a sphere. Okay. Getting out of here, you can't sleep in those if you're me, then. Uh, You could try. I would like to try. All right. (laughs) Please roll a d20. 
I got a five. I don't know what that means in this game. <laughs> uh, you manage to climb on top of the table, and you attempt to sit in the middle hole. That you comfortably rest one foot in the hole and manage to balance, so you That's can enough. claim to the room that you are sitting in that hole. Okay, I'm gonna sleep. I'm asleep in here, so you guys take care of it. Roar! Well, I would like. It's super adorable. Can would it be all right if I gave you a scritch under the chin? Oh, thank you for asking. Yes, please. All right, I'm gonna scritch under the chin. Okay, roll a d20. <laughs> Eleven. You I don't know what that means. That's okay. You successfully scratch under the chin. It's uh, it's uh, quite pleasant. Ah, oh, we are killing this. Yeah. I would like to go up to the door with the fire on it and open the door. Okay. All right. So you uh, you march up to the fire door. Uh, do you say anything to your compatriots, or do you just take action into your own uh, claws? Fire! Roar! <laughs> and okay. I motion towards the door. <laughs> uh, you walk up to the fire door, and uh, as soon as you reach your claws out, it flies open. It's shadowy and dark, so you're not going to be able to see what is in there unless you walk in. Okay. I'm going to... I would like to throw a fireball at the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking from experience, uh, I can roll. say that works. What's that? Uh, speaking from experience, I can say that works. <laughs> Actually, roll percentile for it. Okay, great. I got 70 and another time? And then roll one oh, more time. thank you. 33. Okay, 73. You, you throw the fireball, uh, and, it, and it gets into the darkness because it's impossible to miss the darkness. Uh, but it doesn't go into the center of the darkness. It kind of goes up uh, into the corner of the room, and you just see for a second a table and a small figure sitting on the table. In the darkness returns. Okay. I'm going to go into the room. Okay, you walk into the room? I walk to the room. As soon as you walk into the room, the darkness it just sort of shrivels up and disappears into the wall, and you can see clearly that there's a little wooden table, and sitting on it is a little stuffed teddy bear. Oh. Oh. He's, uh, he's very plush. He's very cute. Uh, he has pants and a little party hat, and there's a pull cord coming out of his stomach. Uh, I'd like to take an action, Joseph Uh, yeah, are you still on the table? Yes Okay I'd like to conjure a small box to sit in This is no longer comfortable (laughs) (laughs) Alright, uh, roll your percentile for me Sure I got a 27 That is very successful You make the exactly perfect sized box that you can fit in But still claim to others that it's pretty small Okay I would like to put that on the floor and sit in that. Okay, you successfully do that. Appropriate size box. Uh, all right, Smart Claws is alone in a room with a creepy teddy bear. Uh, Fluffy Pants is sitting in a box, and uh, is Dave still waiting for another bus? What's happening with him? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I guess uh, I, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I guess it must be my coffee break. So uh, wh- why don't I take a look at those two doors? And, or, or there's three doors, right? Yeah, the, the one with fire on it is open. Right, and there's there the the big the big T Rex that I ignored because it doesn't fit my worldview <laughs> is, is is not there. 
So uh, what about those other three doors, the ones that aren't open and uh, do not contain something that I don't believe in? Yeah, uh, there is, uh, the fire one is open. There's one with a musical note a on musical it. musical note, I see. Yeah, and then there's one with a shocked face emoji. A shocked face emoji. Yep, and then there's one uh, that, again, says, don't come in here, I mean it, seriously, just don't. Wow. That's, um, that's pretty aggressive-aggressive, and that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> So I think maybe I'll take a look at that door with the uh, with the musical with the, the, the musical note on it. Maybe okay. Maybe. What's, you, uh, you walk up to it. Uh, well, you know, just carefully. Well, I don't want to scare it. Okay. <laughs> you walk in a skittish, frightened manner toward a door with a musical note on it. Is yes. That, is that accurate? Okay. Yes. And then, uh, do you interact with the door in any way? Uh, well, I mean, I assume that doors here work much the same as other places. Is there some kind of doorknob or handle? There's nothing about this door that would make you question your worldview of doors. All right. Well, then, perhaps I should attempt to open the door. Okay. So you open the door, and much like the other room, it is entirely dark. Entirely dark. Yep. On the other side. Yep. Well, uh, did I, do I have my, my torch that, that most, uh, that's what we bus drivers call a flashlight. Yeah. I have my torch. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my torch and I'm going to shine it into the room. Okay. Uh, you see uh, vaguely through the darkness, because uh, the darkness is very thick. It seems to have a sort of a, you can almost feel that it's a presence, not just wow. a condition. Yeah, that's a uh, lot of mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you vaguely see a large, maybe kind of bird-like shape, but not entirely bird-like. This does question your worldview. A large, ba- oh, hmm. Well, it could just, you know, it could just be a big mosquito. So I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll give it, I've got, I've got some off. I'll be all right. So, so before I go in, I'm going to spray some off. Okay. On, on myself, just, to, you know, to be safe. Okay, roll the d20. All right. A, a one. Uh, luckily, uh, you are very experienced in this, so you do an okay job, uh, but you also do spray it directly into your eye. Oh. <laughs> and you take... Oh, jeez, uh, that stings. <laughs> you take one hit point of damage. Oh. I gotta mark that down. I only have 11 hit points. All right. Oh uh, could you, uh, could you uh, say what uh, Dave says when he accidentally sprays himself in the eye with off? Oh, geez, that stings. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, uh, Spark Claws, what's happening in your room? Uh, I, I'm going to roar at the teddy bear. Roar! And then I would like to go close and try to pull with my claws the little pull cord on the teddy bear. Okay. Uh, why don't you roll a d20 for me? Okay. Thank you. I got a six. Okay. Mm, yes, that you, you uh, managed to get a claw around it, and you tug. Uh, now go ahead and roll the, uh, yes, the, the d10. Thank you. Oh, yes, great. Five. Five. Uh, the teddy bear's eyes light up, and it says, I bite because I like you. <laughs> And then its mouth opens, uh, revealing uh, horrible, sharp teeth, and uh, it attempts to bite you. You have a nice smile. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, it is uh, almost seems like it's reacting to that as it's lunging in midair with kind of a little bit of a twinkle in its eye. Uh, but it does chomp down on your T-Rex arm, uh, and it does uh, five points of damage. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Ah, says the bear, and then falls backward. Roar. I'd like to wake up now. <laughs> you do. Uh, I want to go into that room uh, where the fight uh, is happening. Okay. Imagine I heard some noises. Oh, yeah, you heard I, all that. Okay. Um, and I would like to, as soon as I see it, jump jump on the teddy bear and say, I am cute, not you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you uh, trying to attack it or are you just trying to, like, smother it? What are you trying to do oh, by I jumping? I want to bite it in the face. You want to bite it in the face. Okay. Uh, why don't you roll a D100 for me? Okay. I got a seven. Okay. Out of a hundred. Okay. (laughs) 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 Okay, so uh, that uh, succeeds, but not well, so you kind of uh, smush it, uh, and you see that it you you kind of smash its little face down, and it kind of rolls away from you, and then the the smash part goes and uh, like regenerates to its original condition. I like to believe that I drooled on it a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Oh, thank you. All right, <laughs> I'm I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> uh, the uh, the the teddy bear is not. Uh, the, no. You uh, triggered its uh, its pull, and it again says, "I bite." Because I like you. Uh, and this time it takes a little swipe at you with its bare claw. No, no, you swipe because you feel what, though? You said you bite because you like me. You swipe because you feel insecure. Uh, well, you're going to have to pull the cord again to okay. find that out. All right. Uh, it swipes at you, but it misses. Ah, ha, 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 I'm cat. Destroyer uh, uh, of worlds. <laughs> Floofy pants is wise. Uh, Spark claws, do you do anything? Is there anything else in this room? There's just a table and a bear and now a cat. Yeah. Wizard. You hear Help Goblin yell from the other room, Would you like any clues? Roar! Fire! I don't know what that means! Roar! I think you're allowed to say other words if you want, but it's... Oh, Yeah, like just short, short sentiments. Things like fire and roar. Oh... <laughs> For example, My intelligence is not that high. <laughs> Help! <laughs> uh, you could maybe look at the door itself and think to yourself, why is that symbol on that door? It's fire. There's, I would... I would like to throw a fireball at the teddy bear. Oh. <laughs> I've lived my whole life to build up to that sentence. <laughs> Please roll a d100. Okay. I got a 75. Okay. Wow, that's a good number. Uh, yes, uh, th- that works. It, uh, the fireball goes flying at the teddy bear, and it hits it. Could you roll a, a d10 twice and add it up? Three and one. Four. Four. Okay. <laughs> The fire uh, hits the teddy bear's face. Uh, it melts its eyes just a little bit, so they become even more distorted. Uh, one of its weird little teeth uh, falls out of its mouth, and it says, "Ah!" <laughs> was that a was that a good ah or a bad? <laughs> Uh, I couldn't really tell there. Uh, the game master cannot tell you that. You will just have to interpret that. Okay. Uh, so let's go back to the room uh, that Dave Johnson is almost going into. That's right. I, I'm, uh, I've, I've got the off on now. So, yeah. And I've got my torch. 
and I figure, you know, I could go in there and uh, with all those Skeeters, uh, there's probably a campfire and uh, maybe I can make some s'mores. So, so let's go in there and check it out. Okay. I like that you reasoned through all of that. So as we imagine the game, Dave's just standing there thinking pleasant thoughts and then walks into the room. That's awesome. All right. Uh, all right, so you walk in. As soon as you walk in, the darkness disappears. Uh, and you see a strange creature. And you don't even know why you understand this, but you naturally understand it to be something called a bat raven. All right. It is an enormous monster that is half bat and half raisin, uh, raven. Raisin. Not raisin. <laughs> Maybe later. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> It has giant ears, beady eyes, a viciously sharp beak, giant uh, uh, flapping wings, uh, and they've got tiny little claws on the bottom of it, and its uh, body is all covered in thick feathers, and it stands on two big old massive talons. It has a piercing, squeaking cry, which it wails out. uh, Can I ask if I've ever seen one of these in one of my birding books? Uh, Yes, you may ask. Have I ever seen one of these in, my birding, in one of my birding books? You have not. Well, gosh. This is, a, this is a first for my life list. I need to get out a pen and a piece of paper and, and write, write down a description of it because I don't know what it is and I'm going to have to do like a call-in to my favorite radio host. Okay, so you, you pull out at, at the sight of this terrifying monster that, that screamed what is clearly to any human with sort of uh, basic intuition, a, a terrifying battle cry, and you are going to choose to pull out your well, notebook. Well, what I, what I found is that, is that most birds will ignore you if you ignore them. Okay. So that's, that's what I'm going to do right now. Okay, you pull out uh, your notebook. Uh, and you discover that your uh, your intuition about the Bat Raven is deeply, deeply incorrect. Uh, it, what a pity! It charges at you, and it's driving its beak down to land a peck upon you. It pecks you hard in the shoulder, driving its big beak into your shoulder. You uh, probably scream in pain. So, what does that sound like? Oh, geez, that stings a lot. <laughs> Uh, and how many hit points do you have left? I have 11. Okay. Uh, you are hit for uh, nine hit points of damage. Oh. It is incredibly painful. Uh, blood is spurting out of the wound as the Bat Raven walks back and kind of dances. <laughs> sort of mocking, laughing, squeaking cry. It seems like the Bat Raven's probably going to keep attacking you. Hmm. Well, that's a problem there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's push pause on that combat. All right. And go to the other room. Uh, Floofy Pants, uh, what do you do after you uh, see that the fire appears to have burned the teddy bear? Uh, I would like to summon, as I can, Yeah. a small box (laughs) Uh, that's on fire. And uh, just right on top, just fall on the bear. Okay, you want to summon a flaming small box into the air. All right, good. You roll a d100, please. No problem. I got a 16. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That works. Uh, So uh, the box lands above the teddy bear. It uh, falls, and it hits its head, and uh, the bear is entirely covered. It tries to wrestle out of it, uh, but it... Uh, falls so that the flaming box completely falls to the ground and the only thing that is uh, sticking out is the cord. Oh. 
I'll take it. <laughs> I bat it. <laughs> okay, you bat the cord. <laughs> All right, uh, you successfully pull the cord. Uh, please roll a d10. Oh, no problem. Eight. Uh, you hear from muffled inside the flaming box, I can never die! <laughs> and then the box goes, and just incredible amounts of flame, and you hear just disturbing, melting, popping sounds, and the teddy bear's weird little voice just, and come to complete silence, and then suddenly, in the middle of the room, appears a floating sphere. Ooh. It's making like a pleasant little humming noise. Ah, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to go grab it and bring it into the other room okay. and place it gingerly into the box that I summoned and then sit on top of it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and roll a d20. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Got a five. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you successfully do this, uh, and as you're walking uh, past and putting the sphere in the box. Yes. Now, do you sit in the box or do you put the sphere in the box? I put the sphere in the box. You put the sphere in the box. And then I sit on top of it. And then you sit on top of the box. And is the box on the floor? Yes. Okay. The help goblin's like, um, uh, do you want anything that you would like to ask about that sphere that you just got? I'm asleep already. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Well, thank you. What does Spark Claws do? Uh, I think as soon as Spark Claws hears, I can never die, Spark Claws runs out of the room. And then maybe I hear Dave yelling in pain, saying, oh. no, yeah, maybe? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. And oh, geez, that stings a lot. Yeah, maybe I hear that. <laughs> Okay, yeah. You hear, oh, geez, that stings a lot. And because you are a T-Rex, a, a predator with, I would imagine, a pretty good sense of smell, you also know, oh, my God, blood, 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 gushing blood. Blood, 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 blood. <laughs> yes. I'm very familiar from the war world where I, <laughs> where I am from. Yes. Excellent. So I'm going to run towards the blood. Okay. And uh, as soon as I find something, I'm going to bite it. <laughs> okay, you run into the room with Dave. You see him being remarkably calm about an incredibly severe wound in his shoulder. Yes. Uh, and you see the bat raven. Uh, do you, you attempt to bite it, you say? Yes. Okay, roll the d100 for me. Okay. <laughs> my dice. <laughs> I should have brought my own dice. I got a 38. 38. That is successful. You chomp down on the bat raven. Uh, roll a 1d10 for me. Okay. I got a 3. A three. Uh, you get mostly a mouthful of feathers, and the bat raven does a kind of mocking little dance. <laughs> uh, and the bat raven uh, attacks back. Uh -oh. Suddenly, strangely, the bat raven's eyes glow, and lasers shoot out of its eyes, heading straight for you. No! Uh, but they miss, they go wide above your head, and they hit the door and sizzle. Dave, uh, do you, you're in massive amounts of pain, uh, yeah. but you're really keeping your composure together. What do you do next? Well, it's occurred to me, I'm just taking a look at my intelligence here, and I seem pretty smart. <laughs> so so this, isn't, this isn't behaving like a normal bird. I heard, I'm putting a few things together, I heard something about the bird dancing, 
and uh, and I, you said something about sizzling, and uh, and and then there was that musical note on the door. Yeah. So and then and then I've got somebody here with which I can do a duet. So I think that uh, even though there is no water, uh, and that means that this is not a shower, that perhaps perhaps the solution is a musical one. Okay. Do you so, commu- do, so you go through that thought process. Do you I communicate do. that out loud to Spark Claws that's in the room with you? Do you say anything? I say Spark Claws. Uh, Spark Claws. Spark Claws. <laughs> but I like that you say Spark Claws. Spark Claws. Because why would you remember? I need you to do a duet with me. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. All right. Uh, <clears throat> To all the girls I've loved before <laughs> Coming in and out my door I know they've come along I really don't know this song To all the girls I've loved before Roll a D100 Okay <laughs> I rolled a 91 uh, Alright in, in bus terms I could have taken a 90 degree corner at 45 miles an hour <laughs> without having any of my passengers fall out of their seats. While you're singing the song, <laughs> Dave Johnson, in really a fairly aggressive move, just mind dropping the mic. <laughs> Which I'm going to say as a game master, he did in the actual game. <laughs> As you were singing that uh, beautiful uh, duet, uh, the Bat Raven seemed almost hypnotized and sort of a swayed to the music. And then uh, when it stopped, the Bat Raven froze and all of its feathers just blasted off of its body. And its body just sort of disappeared and the feathers wafted to the floor. And uh, just like in the other room, suddenly there is a nice glowing sphere in the middle of the room. Is it, uh, is it giving off enough warmth that I could roast a marshmallow over it? No. Okay. I just thought I'd check. <laughs> Why don't I take that? I seem to recall. I, I note again that I, I have enough intelligence to work this out. That I seem to recall there were, there were like sphere-shaped holes in the table in the other room. That is correct. Again, do you say this out loud to anyone? I say, Wow. I seem to, because I'm, uh, I'm a Minnesotan, and so what I tend to do is talk to myself only out loud. So, wow, I think there are sphere-shaped holes in the table in the other room. Perhaps I should take this sphere and place it into one of them. Does Spark Claws react to that anyway? Roar! You hear from the other room, uh, from Help Goblin, Oh, thank God! <laughs> like to go back just a few seconds as soon as the singing started yeah i would like to run uh into one of the other rooms that hasn't been opened yet because <laughs> uh, i don't like it when people sing <laughs> all right that sounds great uh you have those two doors to choose from uh, you have the emoji with the shock face on it or uh the one that says don't come in here i mean it seriously just don't do you choose or do you just run to whichever door you're closest to I w- i'll just run at random okay roll the d20 14. Okay, you run into the one that says, don't come in here. Right. I mean, it's... Seriously. I would like to, and I just, I just want to be oh, clear. Geez. I blindly run, I open the door, I go inside, and I close the door behind me. Okay, you go in, uh, yes. and in this room, 
a large pair of eyeballs materialize oh. and they stare at you and you get this weird feeling that your actual soul is being looked into. And then the eyes disappear and suddenly appearing in the middle of the floor is the tiniest box you've ever seen, one that there is no way you could possibly fit inside. Oh, you think that. <laughs> that's what you think, but that's where you're wrong. I would like to go into the box. I would like to summon a funnel. And I'd like to funnel myself into that box. Okay, first uh, go ahead and uh, roll the, to uh, summon the funnel. Again, a wonderful thing to say. Thirteen. Thirteen, you, you summon the funnel. Yes. Now, um, you are an actual creature of, of blood and, and, and bone. I mean, you're, you're cat. You're, you're pretty flexible. But uh, do you try to transmute yourself into liquid or something? Because this is a very tiny box. I'm a cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go with this. So... <laughs> You uh, you stick your paw yeah. in. How large is the funnel? How large is the funnel? Um, well, it starts. Uh, it's probably about three feet wide, and then at the bottom of it, it's the size of the box. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you uh, manage to get both of your paws into it, uh, and now roll the d20 for me again. Okay. Nine. And what is your... Okay, uh, you stuff yourself as much as you possibly can. It's a very fun visual because <laughs> basically the lower half of your body is now just a funnel. <laughs> and the rest of your cat body is sticking out <laughs> with your paws in the air. But you do have one little cute cat toe in the tiny box. Oh, I don't want to wait. I don't want to And the eyes reappear and uh, then also a mouth. No. And the mouth says, damn it, this is the bar, the room of fear. The tiny box was meant to be your greatest fear, but you have defeated fear with a funnel. I'd like to summon um, a party hat and some confetti. <laughs> okay. You, you time this perfectly where you are wearing a party hat and confetti is flying through the sky just as... The shining ball appears in the room. Oh. <laughs> what do you do with this shining ball? I would like to pick it up and bring it to the other room and put it in that box that I summoned and go to sleep on top of it. <laughs> okay. This all happened so shockingly fast that by the time Dave and Sparkclaws walk out of their room, you are already back in your box with two balls. <laughs> Uh, so, Dave and Sparkclaws, uh, you walk out with your sphere. What do you do with it? Well, I, uh, having reasoned that the, the sphere should perhaps go into one of the indentations in the table, uh, place the sphere... Well, are there any markings on the sphere or markings in the indentations that might indicate which which sphere would go into which... Are there four indentations or three? Uh, the hel- Do you say this out loud to yourself? Yes, okay. I, say, I say everything out loud to myself. Okay, yeah, all right, we'll just go with that. So you're saying that all out loud to yourself, and the help goblin is saying, Oh, God, we're running out of time, and you don't have to think it through that much. Oh, God. All right, I guess I'll just put one of those spheres into one of the, one of the indentations. Uh, it fits perfectly, and the table glows and hums in a warming way that just makes you feel good inside. Wow, and when I feel good, you know what I like to do? <laughs> no. I like to, I like to pick up my cat and sort of sling it over my shoulder and, and scritch, its, oh, scritch its neck. 
that's what I like to do. Okay. If, if maybe the cat would be interested in being picked up. Uh, since you said that out loud, Fluffy yeah. Pants has a chance yeah. to respond. Uh, what does Fluffy Pants th- say to that? If you can lift me, bro, see it. <laughs> if I it lifts, I sit. I have a strength of seven, but cats are very light, so I'm going to give it a shot. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm a human-sized cat, but I am a cat, so yeah. I'm here for it. So I... Um, I, I assume I have to roll some kind of die. Yeah, go ahead and roll the d20. All right. You know, and the thing is, i got to point out before I roll this d20 that I can change a tire on a full-size city bus. Uh, and in theory, is, you're supposed to be able to do a that. A tire is a lot heavier than a cat. But you also do have a stat, so uh, go, ahead and, go ahead and roll. All right. I rolled a 20. Okay. Uh, you successfully uh, pick up Floofy Pants uh, with Floofy Pants aiding you in this. Uh, you, you are struggling a bit in your weighted down. I like this image because I, because I am a human-sized cat. It's basically just my arms are over your shoulder and then my legs are still on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I am both enjoying it and not helping you. <laughs> it does look like it's Dave Johnson like has a cat cape. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this feels like my cat at home. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now that uh, Fluffy Pants is out of the box, uh, Spark Cause and Dave, you can both see that there are two spheres in it. And Help Goblin is saying, "Oh God! Oh God! Please, please! We're running out of time." Well, what do you know? There's two, two of the, the, them. Their spheres in that their box. Orb. <laughs> so uh, Sparky Claws, could you uh, would, would maybe uh, I'm I'm a bit busy here. I'll try to pick up one of the spheres. Okay. Roll a d20. Okay. Got a one. <laughs> okay. It uh, <laughs> it's it slips out of your claws. It, it rolls uh, forward, uh, and it cracks open the one door that you haven't opened. Ah. <laughs> and uh, you see inside that there is horrible, evil darkness. And the evil darkness actually starts flowing out of the room toward you. And Help Goblin is now jumping up and down uh, in his little chain, saying, Put the ball in the thing! Put the ball in the thing right now! Oh, please! Oh, please! I'm going to run after the sphere and try to pick it up again. Okay. Uh, Dave... Another amazing image of a T-Rex following the ball. <laughs> Dave, uh, do you do anything except for wear fluffy pants as a cape? Hey, I, uh... The thing, the thing that I think I need to do here is I'm going to do what I do with my cat when I'm at home, and I apologize profusely for the fact that I have to set Foofy Pants down, and I'm very, very sorry, and I know that they'll never forgive me, except they're a cat, so uh, they will probably forgive me mm-hmm. at some point. And I try to get the sphere that is rolling across the floor. Okay. With my uh, uh, speed and oh, luck. I have a very high luck. <laughs> okay. Which I'm probably not aware of, as that is not a stat that most people know about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave only says some of that out loud because he is not actually cognizant that he is a character in a role-playing game. <laughs> okay, go ahead and roll. All right. Your luck. I got a five. Okay. Uh, so you, th- that succeeds. You manage to stick the ball into the corner and you do manage to pick it up. Uh, what do you do with it? I'm a long way away from the table right now, right? The room's not that big. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, Foofy Pants, I will give you all the scratches that you ever want for the rest of your entire life if you can just take that other sphere and put it into one of those indentations. And I'm saying that, and I, I realize this is difficult because I'm now trying to do two things 
at the same time, which is a little like trying to make sure somebody's giving you the exact fare while also trying to do a 45 degree turn at 25 The help goblin suddenly screams as he sees you've taken a breath to continue your bus analogy. <laughs> we have 90 seconds left! What the thing in the fucking thing? So I'm gonna try and put my thing into the fucking thing while I'm trying to encourage. Alright, I would like to try to put the thing in the, the fucking thing also while looking disdainfully at the goblin the entire time. Okay, so there is already one sphere in it. Spark Claws is batting one around in the corner and Dave has one, so... Uh, oh, so I thought Dave had the one. I thought I had the one Spark Claws was batting around in yes, the corner. Yes, yes, so you, there's still um, there's one, one in the box. box. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So, Dave, you put yours down. Is that correct? Well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put the thing in the thing. Okay, cool. Or is it the thing in the fucking thing? Whatever it is, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Roll a d20 for me. All right, I, I got a 12. Okay, that succeeds. You put the thing in the thing. The table uh, glows a little bit more. Uh, fluffy pants. Oh, God. I got a one. <laughs> okay. You have extremely fast reflexes. Yes. Uh, it, while you're, you're glaring judgmentally at the help goblin, the help goblin's eyes widen, and he makes eye contact with you, and he's just like, please. <laughs> Do you try to get the thing in the thing as quickly as you can? Yeah, I'd like to get the thing in the thing. Okay. So you uh, manage just barely. The table itself is starting to disappear, but just at the last second before the actual uh, the indentation that holds the sphere disappears, you place it right in there, and you see Help Goblin get devoured by darkness. He says, Thanks anyway! (laughs) And he is devoured by darkness. But just right after that, the room explodes in glowing light, and the night ghost reappears and says, Well, you did it! Help Goblin didn't make it, but at least you helped him. And sometimes you can win without winning all the way. (laughs) And I think that's a good thing. What do you three think you learned from this amazing adventure where you saved me from this strange haunted room? No one can tell me what I can't do. (laughs) Or else. Boxes. I'm going to make a note of that. (laughs) And uh, what does Spark Claws say? Sing good. (laughs) Bear bad. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) And uh, Dave Johnson, human bus driver? Yeah, uh, what I learned is that, uh, uh, yeah, not not all birds should be added to your life list. Does uh, anybody need to get dropped off anywhere? Mm, Yes. And with that, you suddenly all disappear. You find yourself in the twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, happily riding on Dave Johnson's bus, (laughs) where you all become strange friends who can connect through time and space. And that is our adventure of putting things in the things. Well done, well done. Uh, very quickly, because we are running out of time, we're going to do our traditional final closing weird questions for Obsessed. So, Aubrey, if you could make the clouds in the sky form a word or phrase, what would it be? 
You've got this. Nice. Nice supportive cloud. Thank you. And Laser, <laughs> if you were an action figure, what accessories would you come with? Oh, great question. iPhone. Uh, cat. <laughs> Ukulele. Anxiety medication. <laughs> I like that you are a deluxe action figure with oh, many things. Oh, so many. <laughs> All right, and uh, Tim, it said that every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Do you believe this extends to cowbells? <laughs> uh, I think that's a fair question because, uh, as Joseph knows, my band plays a lot of cowbells. And based on that, simply mathematically speaking, I'm going to have to say no. <laughs> I accept this answer. And the final question on every episode of the podcast is, what is happiness? You've all been on the podcast, and you've all uh, answered this before. Uh, so I'm going to roll a d20 to determine which one of you is going to answer it for this podcast. Uh, and it is you, Aubrey. Oh. Aubrey, to close us out on this uh, live edition of Obsessed here at yes. Convergence about role-playing games, what is happiness? It's the Space Lounge at Convergence. <laughs> that is our podcast. Thank you all very much. Aubrey Turner, Laser M. Weber, Tim Wick. Thank you all. Thank you, Convergence. Good night. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. The Space Lounge at Convergence is pretty awesome. It is great.